welcome. This is the Dating Counselor Podcast, the show that takes you out of the dating game and into a successful relationship. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I'm a licensed therapist, and I am the Dating Counselor. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to this episode on love bombing. You may have heard that term float around in the dating world, or maybe you're new to it. Either way, today I'm going to share with you what that means. What does love bombing mean? I want to give you five key signs that you can look for so that you can spot a love bomb before it fully drops and does damage. I want to give you some real life stories that you can take into heart and really listen to the messages that people have shared about their experience with being love bombed. I wanted to share with you why people love bomb, what it is that they get out of it, and also how to get out of a relationship if that is something that you have noticed is happening, and how to help a friend get out because this could be an experience that you find a friend or maybe even a family member involved in. So today's episode is packed with some really good information, and I am really glad that you're here. So without further ado, let's talk about love bombing. So what does it take to create a successful relationship? Well, that is the question that I am out to answer in teaching you my new class, The Relationship Screening Method. Go over to the datingcounselor.com click under courses and learn more about this new course that I'm offering on a virtual platform that also comes with weekly live coaching sessions with yours truly. So that's again, go to the datingcounselor.com, look under courses and look up the relationship screening method so that you can actually apply the method to then begin creating your successful relationship. Love bombing happens early in a relationship. It happens when a potential, remember potential means that you're not exclusive. Maybe you've met in a public place. Maybe you've met on an app. Maybe you've been introduced or set up. But a potential romantic partner comes into your life and the relationship starts to form and move quickly. What quickly means is that the time spent together becomes often and intense and it builds very quickly. So during that time, the partner, potential romantic partner, is going to begin the relationship by showering you with praise, attention, um, lots of inflated language, describing their feelings for you, and how quickly they're developing, uh, maybe using phrases like, I feel such a strong connection with you very quickly, or I feel like you could potentially be my soulmate, or these words that are really big words that feel really good to hear. These intense displays of affection aren't just limited to words, but they're going to be um, physical displays of affection um, in public, potentially, like just, you know, they want to basically sit on your lap during dinner. No, I'm joking, but, but sit close to you 
uh, and hold hands and just be like very obviously connect to you very quickly. And this is something that is done early, but then it continues to build through the course of the days and the weeks. And so there's this need to stay in constant, excuse me. So there is a need to stay in constant contact with each other and a need for exchanging of information, such as like really personal information. Um, maybe you're getting intense with, you know, sharing life stories, um, intimate moments that have happened to you that have, you know, created who you are, um, deep held political or religious beliefs, things that might be a little bit delayed talking about uh, until you're getting to know someone, but maybe these things are topics that are coming out really, really early. And there's potentially just a lot of agreeing with you and, you know, quote unquote, saying what you want to hear. They're trying to rope you in deeper, lure you into a space of feeling like you can trust them, that this is unique, that your relationship is special, and that this is something that will stand the test of time. So love bombing is the phrase that has been used, I think, so that people can identify that the feeling of love and these words that infatuation and, you know, trust and these words that are associated with love, but then you throw the word bomb into it because it explodes because that's the telltale sign of love bombing is that eventually the relationship starts turning unhealthy. There's levels of a control that are introduced into it and the feelings of adoration and respect start to deteriorate and they're replaced with criticism maybe contempt, feeling that, just feelings of where they make you feel inadequate, where you, you don't feel good enough, you feel like you're maybe, maybe constantly being evaluated or scrutinized and just not quite measuring up. Love bombing is something that happens quite often and we it's important that everyone knows the signs of these uh, excuse me, it's important that everyone knows the signs of love bombing because if it doesn't happen to you, it could happen to a friend. So get a pen and paper, do a video recording, screenshot, whatever you need to for this next section, because I'm going to give you five key signs so that you can look for it very quickly into a relationship. So they're going to be giving you tons of attention. And I mean you, you, you get all the attention and that attention feels uh, a little unsettling at first because maybe the, it's something like really intense eye contact or really, um, you know, inquisitive or just really like tuning in and zeroing in on you and then moving that too quickly. When do I get to see you again? How long before we get to be together? Um, what's your schedule? When can I get in touch with you? I want to make sure that you are safe at every minute, you know, what's your day-to-day -day like, that kind of thing. This also starts with uh, number two sign, which is a lot of gifts. And gifts are really grand gestures. So instead of just bringing like maybe a gift for a first meeting, like, you know, a simple bouquet of flowers or something that is nice, it's going to be like a huge bouquet or maybe like the day after another, you know, huge bouquet. 
um, something that's a really, really grand gesture that keeps going. So these are going to be like very, um, you have to know that grand, sometimes we look at grand gestures as being like really, really expensive. Like they're going to ask to go away with you for the weekend, or they're going to take you to the most expensive restaurants. Um, and that is, that is one of the signs as, as far as grand, but grand also can be grand for with what's in your socioeconomic frame of reference. So what I mean is, let's say that you live in a community that the most expensive place in town is this, and that may be not considered grand by the status of, you know, London, Paris, and New York, but for your town, this is very, very grand, and it's a huge gesture. So that's the same definition. Um, as, as, as well as grand gestures like gifts, it's also that inflated language using words like soulmate and you're the one and I always want to be with you and I feel so at peace with you. Now, these are words that are beautiful and these are gestures that are beautiful. But again, remember, they're tied to an early relationship. This is someone that you haven't spent a lot of time with. And if you haven't spent a lot of time with them, these words don't necessarily have the foundation of trust associated with them because trust builds over time spent together. And sign number three here, an overwhelming amount of texts, lots of digital exchange. So maybe it's not just texts, maybe it's Snapchats or Marco Polos or whatever app you want to use, but you're staying in constant contact and looking for the play-by-play -play as the day goes on and you feel this urgency that you need to respond and that you need to stay in contact, even if it goes outside of maybe your work schedule or you know, taking time away from your family and friends or things like that. Number four, there is a push for commitment. They want you and only you. They don't want you to be dating other people and they want that to be solidified quickly into the dating experience. Quickly can be like within the first couple of days, within the first couple of weeks. Um, I think some people can say quickly is in the first six months. I don't really feel like that's quickly. Uh, quickly would just be that we haven't had enough time spent together. We haven't had enough experiences together that I feel like I've grown in my interest in you. It's more just, I want to have you committed to me and feel like I can therefore be entitled to knowing where you're at and have the entitlement of that uh, line in the sand, that gesture of uh, boyfriend, girlfriend. So when those that like really intense push for commitment happens, potentially you set up some boundaries or you say, hey, I'm not quite ready for that. That's the other part of that sign is that they get upset with that. They're like, well, why would you feel upset? How could you possibly not know that we're meant for each other? Um, ugh, so, so hard. So now we're going to be looking at sign number five. And that one is that there is a lot of physical affection Physical affection, I think, is so essential and important in a relationship. And I'm actually for it happening earlier on, meaning like hold hands, you know, escort your date into a, a room, um, cuddle on a couch, give polite kissing, <laughs> that kind of thing. But I think these really intense physical experiences that happen really quickly, you are so vulnerable in that situation. And that's one of the signs is that there's a lot of physical affection in public in private, and maybe digitally. So maybe it's a lot of sexual talk, um, 
lots of sexual talk online or in person, maybe touching areas that maybe you've said no, or I don't feel comfortable with that quite yet, or I want to get to know you. And maybe they're exploring your boundaries with sexual talk and talking about fantasy or uh, role plays or things like that. And then another one that to pay attention to is that if the physical affection happens, sometimes it's going to be rough. Uh, maybe there's going to be damage to property around and they feel like that's more satisfying um, and also rough on you. Like if there is going to be any uh, rough play where it's left bruising or drawn blood or done something that was over the top and not careful with you physically. So it's that lack of care for you. And I was all of these signs that I just mentioned, eventually what they turn into is gaslighting and criticism. And you feel a little bit crazy, like, did I just experience that? I thought these things were so good and now they're so bad. And because the high was so intense and that initial uh, connection, so to speak, was so intense, when things start to deteriorate, you start feeling a little bit, quote, like, am I crazy? Did I just imagine that? And that is kind of in a nutshell, some of those signs to look for when it comes to love bombing. So let's, I want to share with you a little bit about the emotions that it creates in you when you're the person that is being showered with love and feeling like that question of, is this for real or is this not? Because a lot of us are listening here to me. A lot of you are here because you have relationship anxiety and maybe even relationship OCD. So questioning a relationship comes naturally to you anyway. Feeling anxious, needing reassurance. Those are experiences that you have all the time. And so to draw out this description of being loved bomb, it could make you feel a lot of emotions. Maybe you're walking back through relationships that you've had, or maybe relationships where you think, did I do that to them? Because in the effort to seek reassurance, sometimes we want it to be fast. So that's one of the things I want to highlight here as to why this can happen to us is that an emotion that it creates inside of you is relief because you want it to be fast. You do not like tolerating the discomfort of getting to know somebody and letting that kind of relationship build and the anticipation build over, you know, days and weeks. It feels a lot better for it to happen quickly. And it feels more reassuring to you to stay in constant contact because then you don't have to worry. And so those things can feel validating and feel like a relief because you're like, great, finally someone can match what I want. But remember, we don't want anxiety to be the ruler in the relationship. We want security to be the ruler. And in order for security to be established, the foundation that we need to build on happens over time and experiences spent together. Now, time is, is the big essential elephant in the room when it comes to a tried and true love building relationship or a love bombing. Because in love bombing, you go from meeting them to can't remember what else I did before I met them. And in a relationship, they slowly build into your life and you incorporate each other into your lives together. So that's the, one of the differences. 
another uh, emotion that it can create in you when you are being sought after uh, and love bombed is that you really enjoy the attention. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like it really, this, I've been love bombed and it really fed my ego because I'm like, I know I am great. I am great. And it really fed my ego when someone else was like, I cannot wait to be with you all the time. And I was like, I know because I can't wait to be with me all the time. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But it does, it it feeds your ego and you enjoy the attention and it feels really good because you're like, finally, someone who appreciates me. So the other emotion that it creates in, in you though, is that eventually, and eventually it can be within days sometimes, but eventually you feel like you really need to tread lightly because you're reading that they are needy. And needy meaning like they want to be in constant contact all the time and you went into a meeting and they got upset and you had to like let them know where you were weren't going to be and you start being really really invested in fulfilling their needs and so you just start walking on those eggshells with them and you learn the dance and that's the emotion that it creates in you is because you think oh well i'm going to unlock this code and i'm going to be able to do this correctly it's really hard so why do why do bombers love bomb? Like why do people do this? Um, what do they get out of this? What is their motive? You're going to look online and you're going to see that a lot of people will classify a love bomber as someone who has narcissistic personality disorder. And I'm not saying that that's true or untrue. I feel like there's so much commonality inside of that. But rather than give someone a full official label of that type of a personality disorder, what I want to do is just tell you what emotions that they get out of it and the experience that they have while they're doing it. What's happening is that they are really desirous of that validation. They may feel some kind of deep-seated insecurity psychologically in their past that's either unconscious or conscious. And so they're seeking the validation of other people feeling like they are great. And they feel like if they can shower someone with love and shower someone with affection and give them their time and let them know that they're great, then that person will quickly attach to them and that will make them feel desirable and desired. And that feels very good because they're not feeling like they can give themselves that love. So they're going to look for it in other people. They really enjoy creating envy. Uh, Other people on the outside may look at the relationship and say, Oh, your partner is just the best person. And you're so lucky. Like, I can't even believe they planned this date or they did this big romantic gesture. I only wish I could get my partner to do this. And you're so lucky. And they just, it creates a lot of envy and they love to hear about that. So they may be saying things like, Oh my gosh, what did your friend say when I did blah, blah, blah. And enjoying kind of the high and feeding off of that. They're, they are looking to gather attention for themselves and that affection uh, from you that will really feed their ego. Uh, so when they do a grand gesture of love or send a text or, or whatever it might be, they have an expectation that they are going to get that validation from you. And that validation from you is going to look like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And they're going to be very highly recognized and rewarded. And potentially I want to even use the word worshipped 
because you feel like you cannot live without them and they're the best thing ever, but you better send that validation quickly and you better give them that praise and worship quickly or they might get angry with you. They also bomb, I think, for that physical touch, sex, uh, all of the things that they might want or fantasize about sexually. Uh, they want that from you. And that emotional intimacy that comes, that deep connection that comes very quickly, they really, they really enjoy that. Another reason that they could bomb would be for money. And we will, as I share a real life story with you, you'll learn about one of the one of those uh, examples of money and how someone was trying to love bomb for money. So going through that one more time, why do they do it? They're looking for validation. They're looking for your attention, your um, praise, your worshiping. They want that from your friends, maybe your family. Everyone thinks you are, are the luckiest person and that they are just the best person. But then they have that expectation of being rewarded and worshiped and Maybe there's that demand for physical touch that happens quicker than you feel comfortable. So, man, bomber's going to bomb. Okay, it's story time. And the first story that I want to share with you is actually from the movie The Tinder Swindler, which is on Netflix for your entertainment if you would like to watch it. It is terrifying that how it unfolds and kind of what happens inside of that story. But in a nutshell, what happens is that this is the story of three women who had different experiences with the same man. This man's name is Simon. And what happens is that they figure out that he is swindling all of them out of money and dating all of them. So I'm actually going to play for you the Tinder Swindler official trailer, so you can listen to the audio here. You can find a bit of everything on Tinder, but one little swipe can change your life. I only miss you when it rains. When I first talked with Simon, immediately we had a bond. He was smart and funny and very impulsive. I shared my whole heart with him. And then he asked me if I wanted to travel with him on a private jet. I was like, shit. He took me to a five-star hotel. He said we had a special connection. It felt like stepping into a movie. And then in the middle of the night, he said there was something he wants to tell me. He said he has threats against him. He needs our cash. His life depended on me. That's when police tell me the man I love was never real. Everything's a lie. Who is this guy I've been sharing the same bed with? Then I get these threatening messages. We have no idea what he's capable of. It's just been freaking hell and we're freaking out. But we needed to get Bay back. We don't know how far this conspiracy actually goes. It's just the tip of the iceberg. We had one chance to swindle the Dindler swindler. 
brought me, you're going to pay for it. Sounds a little bit terrifying, doesn't it? I think they do a good job of building up the suspense of the episode and the storyline with the music. They always get me with the music. So just to, to review, if it was a little bit hard to hear, The Tindler Swindler is a movie about a man in Europe who met women on the app Tinder, and he love-bombed them pretty quickly, and then eventually, over the course of time, asked them to send him some money because he said his life was in danger and like a lot of money and then more money and then more money and so the story documentary is three women who've come forward and share their experiences with being with this man his name was simon and how they came to find out that he was conning them and swindling them out of this money it's fascinating uh, it's a really, really fascinating and chilling look. And I think there's a lot of takeaways that you can have from it. So let me just give you some of my takeaways. One, I think you'll be really shocked at some of the things that seem obvious to you that you would not do initially in building a relationship with someone. Like for example, one of the women, um, goes away with him on a, on a private jet within the first quick amount of time. I, I want to say the first 24 to 48 hours of knowing him. And that to me is something that I think she got a lot of heat for when this came out, because everyone's thinking, well, you've gotten yourself into this. You've, you've done this dumb impulsive thing. And I just feel like that's a really harsh line to draw. And you should be aware of what feels comfortable for you and what looks scary to you. Um, I wouldn't personally do that or recommend anyone that I know do that. But if you also have this desire to be impulsive, it can sometimes be hard to pause and say, hmm, should I do this? Should I phone a friend? Should I, <laughs> you know, think this through? And if the relationships moving quickly again remember maybe sometimes that's what we want and maybe the you know overnight flight on the private jet isn't what's being thrown out there to you maybe it's just staying out really really late and you know you blow up all of your responsibilities for weeks just to be with this person there's an element of blowing off responsibilities when you're growing a, a relationship because you do tend to stand out stay out later but there's also an element of, yes, I want you to be able to be successful in your life. And so I don't expect you to blow off everything just to be with me. Does that make sense? Like you can say no and they'll respect that and not be like, oh, I'm taking that personally. You don't want to be with me and get really wounded by that. So another takeaway that I think is important from the Tinder swindler is how, how do you screen? How do you know? You know, um, when he starts saying, you know, I am in danger and I'm hurt, the inclination is to absolutely believe our partner. But notice the inflated language that if you can hear on the and the trailer, you know, my life is in danger. And I just had to go to this question in my mind that said, like, 
okay, so I've known this person this long and their life is in danger. Well, what would they have done before they met me? And why am I the person to rescue them? And because you've known them for such a short period of time, that should be a huge red flag because you can't possibly be the thing and the person that saves them in this moment after such a short period of time. They have existed in this world for so long without you before, and it's likely that they'll do just fine. And it's also really terrifying, I think, to think about the financial issues that came up for these women as they believed and continued to do what he'd asked him to do. And then when they did set up boundaries, his reactions to their boundaries. I mean, it's just, it's a telltale sign of love bombing. It's exactly the five things that I had shared with you before. So crazy, crazy, crazy story. So the Tinder Swindler, it's on Netflix. Uh, If you haven't seen it, watch it with a friend. Don't watch it alone in the dark. Okay, this next example actually isn't real life story. It comes from a Disney movie, but I feel like it's a universally seen experience in many Disney movie characters. And so I'm going to highlight it so that we can also bridge into the topic of how love is portrayed in the movies and how that can look like love bombing. So in the movie Frozen, the very, very first one, not Frozen 2, Frozen 1, There is a storyline of the character Anna and how she has been shielded from her sister and she doesn't know why. At the time, she does not know that Elsa has powers to freeze. And so in being shielded from her sister, she's starved for love. And on the day that the gates are going to open and people are going to come and see her sister's coronation, she goes out into town and she meets Prince Hans. And she thinks he is just a total babe and she is awkward as ever. And he just thinks she is great and has the appearance of being gentlemanly and kind. But you can see during their very first dance and time together, how he just develops these feelings for her very quickly. And he's trying to like, say like, we are totally in sync and we can finish each other's sandwiches. or sentences. And then at the very end, he says, do you want to hear something crazy? Marry me. And she's like, yeah. And when they go to tell Elsa that they're going to get married, she's like, um, no, that's not happening. And Anna is really angry. And she starts defending the relationship because she's just like, I cannot live like this anymore. I cannot live without people loving me. And he's over here like, it'll be great. I see no reason why you should be concerned about the fact that you don't know me at all. And as the story goes on, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Frozen, uh, Prince Hans reveals himself to be a villain and he is in it for the throne. He wants to get married and then have Anna befall some kind of an incident along with Elsa. And then suddenly he is the king of Arendelle. And that is an example of love bombing, just turning it on super, super quickly for your own agenda and finding someone who is eager to feel loved and will trust very quickly. So let's kind of go forward into talking about some other movies 
where love bombing is evident. And I don't want to crush rom-coms because I truly love them. I really feel like there's a lot of um, powerful messages of hope. And I think in more contemporary, uh, meaning like post uh, 2020 love rom-com movies that are coming out, they're being a little bit more realistic. Um, but you can look back um, at movies and this one was, it's obvious because that's part of the intention of the movie, but in the movie, um, how to get a guy in 10 days or how to lose a guy in 10 days, I guess, um, the characters are trying to manipulate each other equally so that they can find out, try to get the other person to break up with them for an article. And there are so many examples of love bombing in that, just like inflated language and gift giving and nicknames that are happening really quickly and tolerating things that you would not tolerate otherwise. Uh, um, so they're love bombing each other. So I guess that's in the name of the rom-com. <laughs> but then at the end, I think it's really interesting that suddenly they, they like feel like they actually have feelings for each other, but they don't even really know each other. What they should say is, hey, let's go on a real date with our real selves. Because the only parts of themselves that were real really couldn't be trusted in that movie. Just saying. Now, I know that this is going to be a shocker to so many of you as we look at the movie Titanic. <laughs> oh, yes. Jack and Rose. That was a love bomb. Now, it's not a classic, intentional, narcissistic love bomb. Okay, but we can look at that in terms of the speed and the depth of feelings that were created. Okay, so I only highlight that one in terms of the speed and the depth. Okay, very quick, very intense, very much like all in, right? Um, now, another example of love bombing that is not necessarily a romantic relationship, but is in the movies, is uh, the movie Mean Girls. <laughs> which is you have to love Regina George because her character is so obviously like to the untrained or excuse me, to the trained eye. She's so obviously manipulative, right? And so obviously cruel, but it's kind of a friendship love bombing in that she is trying to intentionally befriend this new girl that's come in who is like, a quote project for them and they'll like bring them into the circle and they like love her, but she has to follow their rules and she has to follow and do what they say. And, you know, we're pink on Wednesdays <laughs> and all these things. And this girl, Katie just feels like she's goes along with it because she thinks that's the way that it's supposed to be. And it's not until later that she realizes, wait, that's not real friendship. That's not real love. They're just trying to get what they want from me. And Regina eventually, you know, reveals herself to be manipulative and, controlling and Katie eventually figures that out which is great the moral of the story right so a couple of examples of movies just for fun to create some storylines so you can kind of understand love bombing okay so you're gonna go okay so you're ready to go on some dates you're ready to get back on the app and now you've listened to this podcast episode and you're like hell no I will not go Fear not, we would, we're going to get through this. Um, let, let me share with you how you can smell it out, okay? So you can figure it out early. Now keep in mind, the best way to smell it out, I'm going to be totally honest with you, is you've got to take my 
course on the relationship screening method because I'm going to really teach you how to smell it out and we're going to figure out how to apply the screening method to the early stages of dating and figuring out if a partner has longevity. So truthfully, go to my website and check out that course, sign up for that course. But some, a little, a few overviews of how you can really look for it is set boundaries, otherwise known as just a natural pace. Going out with someone within a few days of meeting them seems normal if you feel safe and comfortable, but you don't have to spend all day, all night with them. Maybe exchanging a text the next day saying, thank you, I had a nice time. Setting up a date within two or three or four days, maybe a week after. Natural pace, natural rhythm. And then paying attention to how they respond. Um, Meaning, are they responsive? Some people are really bad at texting. I can be one of them because life can be really consuming and I don't have an opportunity to check my phone. Having said that, am I going to acknowledge the space and time and gap between, or am I going to say, Hey, I have a few minutes to talk right now, AKA text right now. Um, If you're available, let's check in with each other. Um, Maybe scheduling something like I'd love to connect with you. Uh, I'm available this day for, you know, these, this timeframe, let's make sure and text. And Those kind of, you know, regular rhythms, kind of getting into that response mechanism of texting, um, communicating with each other by asking questions and offering responses is best done in person. But if you're going to be doing it over text, like have the opportunity to create the next date in mind. One of the things I've noticed, side story, is that I'm getting some men that are feeling a little bit frustrated with you know, are we progressing in the relationship and they feel nervous to ask out for the third, fourth or fifth date because they're not necessarily sure that she's interested. And I just want to say, set the next date in terms of creating the anticipation that she's interested in going out with you and let the text not necessarily build the momentum for the reason to ask her out. Texting in between should just be kind of a staying connected piece. The the anticipation of going out again should be the opportunity to really build. So yeah, setting limitations on spending time together and increasing the time that you spend together as you feel comfortable. Really communicating that you don't want to rush into things. And I would suggest also confiding in some support people, like two or three people that you trust and can say like, hey, this is how it's going. And when you when I say trust, I mean, people that are going to give you some good solid advice, like this is something that you did right or wrong, or something to be aware of, or put, you know, a yellow flag there, something like that. And if you are a friend, and you're noticing that your uh, family or friend is saying, you know, spending a lot of time and getting really intensely focused on this partner, I think it's very appropriate to communicate with them and say, Hey, I'm concerned. Can we check in? Can I, I want to learn more about your, your date. I want to learn more about your experience and step into learning and not step into, I have decided how this is going to end. And so I'm going to scare you away. When somebody comes to this decision for themselves, it can be really painful because they, again, are losing that validation and that opportunity to move away from being single. And so someone pointing out to them, 
hey, this looks like a bad relationship can also be misinterpreted for, hey, well, you're just jealous. So check yourself. Maybe you are. Acknowledge it. But then also say, yeah, I that's absolutely a true fact. But I still would like you're important to me and I would like to know more about this person. And so tell me more. Can I meet them and see if you can step a little closer and learn more and then just say, I liked this, but I didn't like that. What do you think? And, um, you know, create support and some insight gathering while being in their presence. So it's not so much of a, she said this, it's more of, I saw this, I heard this, this is how I heard it kind of thing. Now, if you find yourself in a situation where you are being love bombed and you need to get out of the relationship, here's just a couple of tips too. You can start initially by just requesting some space, taking some space. They may not like that, uh, but you need to change your routine. You need to get out of the routine that you're in with this person. And when I say change your routine, literally, try not trying not to be as predictable and kind of taking space and time and making sure that uh, you are not communicating as regularly and that that feels safe and okay. If it doesn't, and there is more intense behaviors that come into it, it's likely true in a true love bombing situation, absolutely true that they are not going to like it and there's going to be some punishing and there's going to be some hate texts and some threats. And if that's the case and you need to get out, get out, stay safe, block their phone number, block them from social media. Uh, A real partner that really loves you will respect your space and not punish you for asking for it. So get out, create some space between the two of you and find some help. If you're ever in immediate danger, you call 911 immediately. There does not have to be physical marks or bruising on you for you to be considered in danger. Sometimes just the threat of them harming themselves or harming you, knowing that there is a weapon available to them or that you have actually seen, that is all a danger to you or a danger to themselves. And that's absolutely reason to call 911. Um, You can also call just to do like an anonymous confidential check-in, so to speak. Um, You can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. I'm going to put that in my show notes, but just so you have it here, 1-800-799-7233. Again, that's 1-800-799-7233. 7233. And you'll speak with somebody who's trained for free and you can speak to them as many times as you want. They are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also speak to them through a live private chat on their website. So one of the characteristics that I hope that we've spelled out for you, but maybe hasn't been as clear is that love bombing can also look very similar to the characteristics of emotional abuse and manipulation. And because someone hasn't maybe left a physical mark on your body, we may not necessarily classify that in our own brains as being uh, emotional abuse. So thought check yourself with, with that line of thinking of saying, it's not, it's not, it's not. Call a professional and ask and say, this is what's happening and let them give you some experience and guidance so that you can stay safe. Nobody deserves to be in a bad relationship. 
Nobody deserves to be with someone who doesn't love them truly. And nobody deserves to be in a space where they don't feel safe. We are all entitled to feel loved, to feel worthy, and to feel like we belong and that we are in a safe relationship. And that is my wish for you to wrap up this episode is that you can really clearly understand when it's happening and be aware of the signs of when it's not happening. Because when it's not happening, lean in, let the love grow, enjoy it. Love can feel amazing and it can create a lot of the experiences in life that you are hoping for. Um, Let it build over time and let it build through good communication as well as experiences that you share together. And I feel really confident that you'll find love that lasts. Thanks so much for being here and I look forward to seeing you during my next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Dating Counselor Podcast. If you have a friend who would enjoy this episode, I would love if you would pass it along. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes. As the Dating Counselor, I am on a mission to help people stop dating poorly and create lasting and loving relationships. You can learn more about that at my website, thedatingcounselor.com. And you can learn more about my methods through taking one of my courses, which you'll find at thedatingcounselor.com slash courses. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook as The Dating Counselor. In case you missed it, I would highly recommend the episode on relationship anxiety. So that is what's coming up next. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and a huge thank you for tuning in. See you soon. This podcast and the social media associated with it represents the opinions of Lonnie K. Harmon, LCSW, and her guests to the show. The content here is intended to be psychoeducational and should not be taken as specific mental health advice. The content here is for informational and educational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your mental health professional for any mental health questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are her own and that of her guests to the show. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Privacy is of, is of utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect client confidentiality. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapist-client relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast, please send a message to Lonnie at Lonnie at MillCreek-Counseling.com. That's Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at MillCreek-Counseling.com.